Namaste and welcome to this episode of Practical Spirituality. And we will look into a very important topic called Sharanagati. Let us start this session with a prayer and I request all of you to please join me. O Lord, take my love and let it flow in fullness of devotion to Thee. O Lord, take my hands and let them work incessantly for Thee. O Lord, take my soul and let it be merged in one with Thee. O Lord, take my mind and thoughts and let them be in tune with Thee. O Lord, Take my everything and let me be an instrument to work for thee. Welcome friends. It is a pleasure for me and a, I, I should thank you at the outset for suggesting this important topic. Sharanagati, as they say in Sanskrit, the word surrender has various connotations. And usually the conflict thought comes when we use that surrender as a, a connotation of giving up your own rights. Sometimes people even use that to interpret like is god that you know saddest that he wants people to surrender to him if god is loving then why does he want people to surrender to give up their identity for protection now these questions arise because of I would think because of wrong interpretation or narrow interpretation of the word surrender. As always, I believe that, you know, unfortunately, English doesn't have a proper translation for these uh, terminologies, which are, you know, given to us from a very spiritual perspective for for our upliftment, but they are very much practical in approach. And these concepts, if practiced, not only will bring fulfillment and happiness to oneself, but also brings kind of prosperity and contentment in life, be it materialistic or spiritual manner. So let us jump into this topic to look at this beautiful concept called Sharanagati. And uh, let us inquire about it as to what it is and how it is applicable and important for each one of us in our lives. As always, I open the session. Uh, I welcome you all for your suggestions and questions. 
So as we go forward and if you have any thoughts, you are welcome to share it and ask. So let us jump into this. What is Sharanagati? How do we understand it? Now, in a technical term, Sharanagati means surrender in English, which means approaching for refuge or protection. Sharan, the root word is Sharanam, which connotes refuge, shelter or protection. So when you say Sharanam, we always use the term for God, you know, I want to be in your Sharan and that is refuge. Sharanagati means Gati is to go, approach, to move forward. So when you go towards in, in, the, in seeking refuge, in seeking shelter or protection, that is Sharanagati. So Sharan Agati. Agati means to go, to move, to approach forward. And this is, in English, we have one word called Sharanagati. So Sharanagati refers to an approach of taking a refuge. Now, obvious question will come is to what is, who is taking refuge and where are we taking this refuge to, right? But Sharanagati, this concept of Sharanagati has two approaches. In traditional People say sometimes traditional modern approach. I will just put it as two approaches of looking at uh, this concept of surrender. When people think about surrendering, what exactly are we talking about? So in one concept, they say surrendering of the free will, the doership. So people say when you surrender, then you don't exist. And you, you know, you don't make a decision. You are not the doer and you just give up everything. That is one approach of looking at Sharanagati. The second approach is people say, no, your identity you cannot leave. Because if you leave your identity, you don't exist. And that will be kind of an insult to the creator that you have been given a special thing called intellect, which makes you human. Otherwise, you are an animal. So the second concept, second approach is that you use your intellect and you offer the consequences. So you surrender the consequences of your action. So you don't take the ownership. So in one, you give up even the feeling of doership. And in another, you give up the fruits of the action. So these are the two approaches. Are they different? Are they opposite? We will find it out. But when I look at these two approaches, I find they are somehow connected, but they have a different approach. Now the issue is both of them is, first let us look at it, why do we surrender? Now all that is fine that you know we have, but the question would come, why do a person need to surrender? Why do we surrender somebody? If somebody is capable enough in life, you know, if you say that, hey, I am, I have the physical and mental prowess, why should I surrender? And that is how the uh, many people propagate that uh, surrender and devotion is a weak 
aspect of lifestyle so you you must not but why do we surrender and generally looking there are uh, three ways i find the reason one is because we realize that we have limitation we can do only so much in life our body has a limitation after certain age after certain state after certain limit there is we have to stop so when you start acknowledging the limits and after that limit we tend to give up and say okay lord i surrender second is because the future is so unpredictable you know, you can do all that you intend to do you can you can be you know fully equipped you can plan very well you can execute everything but still at the end of the day you don't know how it will going to be turn out nobody can predict precisely you may line up everything and suddenly you may disappear so the fact is this unpredictable future also makes us tends us to surrender and the third is a desire for favorable outcome because we we want something favorable to happen and because of that we like to surrender to somebody who is much powerful whom we perceive can make it happen for me so even if i slip i know there is somebody who can maneuver it take care of for me and make the outcome happen so i can just do my work but i have somebody you know like a godfather kind of a person who is going to take care of my outcome so that is why we surrender so in a normal lifestyle if you look at it these are three major heads under which you feel justified to surrender but the question still remains at what is surrender now when we say i want to surrender what do exactly we mean by that see there is a feeling which happens in our system is that hey when we say surrender something extraordinary is going to happen i'm i'm doing something and if i can't achieve then i say okay i surrender lord so what do i expect i think a miracle will happen god will take care so surrender inbuilt i have an expectation of a miracle that somebody is not well i surrender and i expect shoo and the person should get get up and walk so there is an expectation of miracle and obviously we have enough example in life in history in the whole you know world history you can find lot of miracles which take place and we attribute it in that manner that hey he surrendered he is a very devoted person hence god did that so surrender which actually starts interpretation of surrender is expectation of miracle and the other is the trust in the dictums of scriptures and teachings i don't this uh, trust in dictum means see you surrender to the scriptures i surrender i faith i have faith in the word of my master i have the faith in the word of the holy books so when i read them and i read the dictums 
I believe, I have faith in them. Hence, I have a feeling of let me follow them. So I surrender to that scripture. I surrender to that dictum. So I surrender to the word of God. So these are two ways the concept of surrender works with us. That's how we have been programmed to understand surrender. So why do I surrender? Because I expect a miracle to happen. Why do I surrender? Because that word of God, whether it is in the books or to a teacher, would be my savior. So I take refuge either in a miraculous act or in the scriptures. So that is how the interpretation of surrender takes place. But there is an issue. What is that issue? The challenge of the surrender is that miracles may not happen. It may happen once, it may not happen second time. And that is how we see the drama of people. Today I believe in God, tomorrow I throw his picture out of the room. Today I start you know, worshipping, tomorrow I start cursing. So this happens because our surrender, what we believed in, actually is dependent on a miraculous happening. And unless it happens, we feel either response has not happened or the surrender has not happened. So then some faithful people will say, you didn't surrender enough. And the other person will say, oh, it doesn't work. Surrender does not work. So that is the challenge of first. And the second is, in the scriptural connotation, your interpretations can be different. Correct? So you read something, I read something, same thing. And we both can interpret it differently. And then we can fight on it. That who is correct? Now who will God save? <laughs> Whose interpretation that, that will work? The magic of the scripture would work. Because now here we have another challenge of interpretations. So what is this surrender then? Again, I'm back to square one. If surrender has to be understood, taking a refuge, am I taking refuge in miracles? Or am I taking refuge in the books or in the word of God? But then there are challenges in both. Now, how do I interpret it and how do I go forward and why do I need to do that? And if I go forward, then I, then I slowly will understand that surrender is not done. It is actually happens. And what do I mean by that? See, when we say I surrender, Oh Lord, I surrender my activity. So that itself shows that there is an ownership in us to feel that I have done something and I'm giving you. I have something and I'm giving somebody. Correct? So when I am having something and I'm giving you, then there is no surrender. It is a negotiation. It is some kind of a deal happening. You take care of me. <laughs> I will give you something. It's like, you know, you put it, you put a few dollars worth of, you know, charity or a prasadam in Mandir temples and they say, God, here is $10 worth of goodie. Give me a million dollar lottery. 
so you know it is an exchange going on so we pray that i will you know fast for few sundays and i will feed so many people you take care of my family so it's a negotiation is that call can that be interpreted as surrender and why do we need surrender because if you think deeper and deeper then there is a very beautiful thought which comes that surrender is required for various reasons now for example why do i need surrender and what is it let me just before i show you the steps normally followed let me give you a little bit of backdrop of this concept itself i always believe that the spiritual truths are given to us in an approach towards divinity you know to finding divinity but unless and until we understand that the whole life is only for that purpose to know who we are we'll always have this conflict whether this concept is meant for worldly life or for spiritual life whereas all these concepts are one now when i say surrendering what am i surrendering and who am i surrendering to sharanagati has a different word atma samarpan they say i surrender that is atma samarpan atma means i samarpan is refuge i take refuge so when i look at this connotation you understand that the samarpan actually is happening to the i itself it is not happening to outsider the faith the miracle that i am expecting from the world from so called god is actually the miracle happening within me so the refuge which our concept our scriptures have been teaching us sharanagati it is taking refuge in oneself in that iness which is the cosmic i within me i take refuge in that now what does that mean when i take refuge in somebody what does it mean it means that i accept whatever the protocol the regulations the attributes the other person wants to impose on me i will accept it because of which the other person is going to give me protection going to go to take care of me so what am i accepting from inside the iness is the true me see as they say we are not one but three one what i think i am what others think i am and what truly am i right so what i think i am is the body and that is where this term in english works surrendering to others because now i am giving my body to somebody but is my mind also along with that so even if i tell that i surrender to you but in my mind i will be revolting i could be even cursing so there is no surrender on a physical level alone if true surrender if you require then it has to be mind and body what others think you are that is their interpretation and their surrender doesn't make any sense 
they may think what I show them. But what truly I am, that is not external. And that is something so sacred and innate that when I go closer to that truth, I find one with the infinite power around me. And when I take refuge in that, that means I become what truly this powerful being is. Then I see not only the miracles of God, but I see the true interpretation of the word of God. So that time, even the miracles work, even the interpretations work. Because I have faith in myself. So when I talk, see the whole, if you look at Buddhism also, Gautam Buddhas, he, that is a beautiful, they only say this, Buddham Sharanam Gachami, Sangham Sharanam Gachami. Now I take refuge in Buddha. Who is this Buddha? If you think, if we think that Buddha was somebody who lived, Gautama who became Gautam Buddha and he lived and gone, then you are taking refuge in a dead body. Then how can that dead body protect you? But that Buddha concept which we believe in, that Buddha who got enlightenment, who became one with the Supreme Consciousness, that is ever-pervading. So when we say Buddham Sharanam Gachami, we are seeking the refuge in that Supreme Awareness. Dhyo Yonah Prachodayat. That Prachodayat is Buddha. So Buddha is that enlightenment in which we take refuge, not in a physical form. Sangham Sharanam Gachami, Dambham Sharanam Gachami. In his words, in his Sangha, we take refuge. It is not a people that we are taking refuge in. It is in the dictums, it is in his philosophy, it is in his whole thought process that we take refuge in. And once we become one with that, then the beauty of surrender starts manifesting in us. Then we start realizing that surrendering is not an act of a physical nature, but it is an evolution of oneness, of the small spark with the infinite. So you can say a kind of let go kind of a concept, that when we are realizing that surrendering is not something that somebody has to force me to do, but surrendering is something I must learn to let go these physical boundaries, to let go these bondages, to let go this limited living and experience the infinite nature of the Supreme. That experience, that beauty of experiencing the infinite, that is surrender. So what am I surrendering is my limitation. What am I surrendering is my narrow vision, narrow understanding of who am I? That mergence, Buddham Sharanam Gachami, that mergence is surrender. So we are not surrendering in a physical terms because in body, mind does not get, and surrendering the mind means mergence. Now it may sound a huge concept. So, wow, now what do I do? Now, since I have established that, yes, 
surrendering is an important step an important you know stage of human evolution surrendering is something which we all have to pursue then how do we go about it and how what we can do so here you are from actually this whole concept came from vaishnavite philosophy of devotion bhakti mark because in that it is a natural state you know devotion the foundation of devotion is surrender you cannot be you cannot grow in devotion unless you have the attribute of surrender so if you want to be devoted surrender is a natural attribute so it is a very natural progression so that is how they gave us six steps approaches how do we arrive at sharanagati complete so the first step let me enlarge this space the first step is accepting favorable thoughts so the first step of sharanagati says avoid negativity in life just take the positivity so that is called anukula sankalpa sankalpa is strong will anukula is positive so basically accepting favorable thoughts so you must first step for all of us is that let us pledge let us pray that okay we will only look at positive things of life anything which comes to us is a gift so let us make it positive so that is the first step towards practicing sharanagati the second step is pratikula sevarjanam that is rejecting unfavorable thought my master used to always tell you know the coin has two shades and always promote this to children don't say only don't do this if you tell a child don't do that you must also tell the child what they should do otherwise it's half knowledge and they get confused you are you are letting them you know group in the dark to find what they should do because you have told them what not to do so it's important to do the both sides so first is favorable thoughts accept and reject unfavorable thoughts the third is rakshita se vishwasa vishwasa that is adopting an unshakable faith so that means now see i cannot surrender to somebody whom i don't believe in and you require faith so once i have found and believe in myself even if i don't believe in external god i must believe in that self so even if i believe i must have firm faith and it's easier to believe outsider than inside first and hence the god so that i will take care of it afterwards so first third is you we must develop an unshakable faith the next step is goptratva varnam that is seeking refuge after you have faith you must also attempt make a conscious effort to seek a refuge see you have to say it initially you can't expect things to happen it's like you know a child must cry to bring the attention of the mother not that the mother won't feed 
but initially it requires because that gives them the child the confidence the bonding the affection and everything so you have seeking refuge so one must seek refuge and the next step is karpanya that is attitude of humility and dependency so once i have taken the refuge i must have humility to listen to follow and depend i love a statement from ramana maharshi one of the very great sages of contemporary times who would always who would tell about surrender is you know surrender and shut up that was his statement He said once you have surrendered to god shut up he won't even say keep quiet and wait and all that his term was his literal term was shut up as bhagwan would say nur musko the fact is literally we need to shut ourselves down once you have accepted if there is a question if there is a doubt that means we have not yet accepted and if you have not accepted then the journey will not happen so if you have believed faith internally suppose then you cannot doubt you have to go with it the result will not or should not shake us from our activities the result cannot tell me whether i believe in it or not whether should i follow my conviction or not so that is where it comes that you must have the humility and dependency on whom you have taken the refuge and the last is atmanikshepa uh, that is self surrender and this sixth one happens it actually explain it is explained that you know you even give up your dharma as we have already discussed the concept of dharma in detail uh, in a simple language dharma is all our duties if you put it like that all our duties of functionality which we perform even they are saying give up that so at that stage of last when you have developed the humility and dependency on self on supreme then this nature what happens at the end is atmanikshepa which is actually you know the liberated and you get surrendered it is like river merging into ocean and that is the surrender aspect and that is also explained as giving up of your dharma i will go through that little bit and uh, not to uh, give a misinterpretation of dharmic connotation but let me i will attempt to explain that but here is a very beautiful concept which comes you know in the self surrender concept and this actually was explained by bhagwan krishna in bhagavad gita and there is a very beautiful uh, you know shloka the stanza there which which is even said about the charam mantra of sharanagati the surrenders charam mantra and that goes sarva dharman parityajya mamekam sharanam braja 
अहम तम सर्वपापेभ्यो मोक्षश्यामी माशुच इन सिंपल लैंग्वेज इट मीन्स द लॉर्ड सेज टू अर्जुन अर्जुन ओ अर्जुन यू रिलेंक्विश ऑल धर्माज एंड सरेंडर एंड टू मी आई शेल डिलीवर यू फ्रॉम ऑल द सेंस ग्रीव नॉट now this is what i was telling in the last slide that when they talk about the last stage and let me take you that atmanikshepa and they talk about dharma parityaga what does that mean here when he says sarvadharman parityajya maham ekam sharanam braja leave all your dharma now it should not be interpreted as the lord saying that from today onwards don't do any acting don't have any duties as a husband as a wife as son daughter as a warrior for example see immediately after the shloka he went for war he made arjuna fight and kill everybody so it was not in action that lord was promoting it was not giving up of the action per se that sarv dharman parityajya he didn't say leave the dharma of action what he meant was that attachment to dharma should go that affinity that i am the doer i am doing even you have to rise above that so it is it is so weird sometimes to think that you know it is my duty to you know drink water when you feel thirsty you drink why do you make a noise about it imagine if your heart starts saying that i'm doing my duty to breathe i'm i'm beating it's my duty to beat or if your you know blood st- blood starts saying that oh i am done enough duty of flowing let me take a break for 2 minutes actually nothing in this universe deviates from dharma but unfortunately we humans just because of our so called intellect we start taking ownership of the things which are naturally happening and hence we get trapped into this thinking that i am the doer and that is what lord mentioned and he says sarv dharman parityajya leave everything don't get into the battle even with the feeling that this is my duty to fight just be an instrument just be as you are and things will happen the same lord even few chapters before if i may put it like that from the gita perspective he says to arjun that arjun if you don't fight your dharma will make you fight so if you look at bhagavad gita itself there seemingly has a contradiction that few minutes back lord krishna said fight arjun if you don't your dharma will make you fight because that's how you are you are a kshatriya you are a fighter you are born of that instinct and you will fight but right now i am telling you so i will take care of your obligations and the same lord at the end says sarv dharman parityajya maam ekam sharanam braja come to my rescue come to my refuge and you leave up everything <clears throat> so apparently it may sound as if there is a contradiction but it is not this is what the journey is so initially lord says yes initially you do and offer it then do it as an obligation as an as a duty as a dharma then later on you will have to leave even the thought of dharma and live then whatever happens 
will be an attribute of surrender. And once you have that attribute of surrender, it automatically takes us to a state of oneness. And that is the beauty of it. To surrender, actually, then what happens? It leads us to peace. It is a state wherein the surrenderer and the one you surrender to becomes one. And this is the state of surrender. So when we talk about surrender per se, it is not a physical activity alone. It may start as a physical activity. So there is nothing wrong and there is no contradiction in thought. It is like A for Apple, we start teaching a child, but tomorrow he will read a novel and write a novel and a book. But we can't say reading A, B, C is wrong. So it's a baby steps. So surrender may start, like Krishna said, Arjun, do it as your dharma. And then he said, dharman parityajya. So it's a stage, it's a journey wherein the Lord and whole concept of surrender is. Now imagine if you have this surrender feeling, what attributes do we get from this? Now when we have, when we practice surrender, it deletes ego, it builds humility, it can, it connects you to your inner source of power that you are able to achieve even higher goals that you never could imagine to achieve. Suddenly your capacity becomes infinite because now we are dealing and talking from not my narrow self, but from the supreme self-consciousness. So the surrender concept is not limiting, is not giving up one's identity. It is actually breaking this false identity and going forward to realize the oneness with the true self. River merging into ocean is not losing an identity. It is gaining a much bigger and infinite identity. Buddham Sharnam Gachami is not taking refuge in that form, but taking the refuge in the concept of super consciousness of Buddha, which pervades today, tomorrow and ever. So that is surrender. So surrendering is not a limited concept. Surrendering should not be taken as you know, a concept which restricts me. Now there's a last question which I raised in the beginning is why does God expect surrender? Is he saddest? He enjoys people going down to him? That is human approach. That is a human narrow approach of looking at life and saying, look, you know, if somebody starts praising me, I may start feeling happy that look, so many people are falling at my feet. God, the Supreme Consciousness has got no such ego problem. Then why does he expect surrender? That is his infinite mercy and grace. Because he knows that we need surrender. He knows that it is only through surrender that we will be able to break the shackles of our 
narrow walls. He knows that surrender is so critical for human beings to become one with the infinite. Now the problem is, who do we surrender if not God? If I give my secret to my ex, why people around me, they may misuse it anytime. How many of you must have got hurt just because you shared a wrong tweet or you shared a wrong WhatsApp and you are trapped? How can we surrender to anybody? And that is the problem. And that is where the Lord comes and says, okay, you can trust. Come, surrender to me. I will take care. So that supreme consciousness which sits in me manifests in front of me either through a person or through a book or through an, some miracle and allows me to practice this surrender. That is why the true masters, the true spiritual masters and true avatars and gods, they never try to hold on to their devotees. They never try to possess and own anybody. Because for them, nobody is different. Nobody is separate from them. So what do they do? They just stand there and say, okay, come, take refuge and I will really help you. Because we need to practice surrender, the God appears. Because I need to experience the joy of surrender, the Supreme Consciousness manifests in a human body or through a miracle, or through a scriptural word. So it is not that God wants that humankind and everybody must fall at his feet, but it is that we need him, because who else can we trust? And once we start trusting him, then the same Guru, the same true Supreme Sadguru, turns the whole cycle back and he says, I and you are one. So whom you are surrendering is you. And he shows us the mirror that what I was chasing and what I thought I'm getting energy from outside was actually coming from inside. That is the beauty. And I would like to share a statement from the master. And I find a very common statement from him, but it summarizes the whole thing. When you approach God and seek his help and guidance, you have taken the first step to save yourself. You are then led to accept his will as your own. Thus, you achieve peace. So when you read this, when you approach God and seek his help and guidance, that is the first stage of surrender in which we say, Lord, Sharanagati, I am taking your refuge, help me. Because I expect his words to help me, his miracles to help me. And once we have taken the one step forward, the Lord says, I'll take 100 steps towards you. And that is the step which he takes over. And the journey, the six steps go through and the last step he bestows on us. So that is surrender. So as I continue now with this, so I'll open the floor. And if you have any thoughts, any questions, you are welcome to share.
I hope uh, I didn't rush this concept, but I found I thought that this interest this was a very interesting thought and a concept, and sometimes uh, it was uh, misinterpreted and narrowly uh, presented concept. So let me open it now. So if anybody has any thoughts, any questions, you're welcome to ask to share. So I can, in the meantime, I can take you, I have got 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, we can do that. Or I can take you through the topic in a summary manner. So I consciously did this, uh, you know, counter questioning in the beginning because that's how the interpretation of surrender usually comes. People think that surrendering is a weakness. People interpret it as people who do not have strength, don't have willpower. They resort to these concepts of devotion and surrender. And that is where I felt that people must believe and understand that there is no ulterior motive or a narrow motive of supreme consciousness for these things. Surrender is not a game for weaklings. You know, many times we think, let me do everything. And when I can't take that next step, then I say, Lord, I surrender. So I always compare that and I say, is it not helplessness? Because if you had that capacity to do it, you would continue doing it. Then why this drama of surrender? You know, I do everything and say, Lord, I have done my best. Now I surrender. That is not surrender. That is actually you're helpless that, okay, Lord, I have done it, but I have no idea what else will happen. So take care now. So till you have used your energy, your potential, you don't think of surrender. But the moment you leave, reach your peak, your maximum potential, you start feeling that now I must surrender. That doesn't become surrender. And that is the important point to note. Surrender is not escapism. Surrender is not weakness. Surrender is not an attribute of a weakling. Surrender is very powerful. Hanuman, Lord Hanuman, surrendered to Lord Rama. The one who could lift mountain, who could fly across the ocean, surrendered to Lord Ram. And what does surrender mean? In spite of having all the powers at his disposal, he still sat at his feet as if an humble servant. He did not surrender because he lacked something. He did not surrender because he was afraid of something. That surrender was oneness. I feel surrender is also a very beautiful stage. What they call, you know, there is a three stages of mergence. They call it Dvaita, Advaita and Vishishta Advaita. So duality, non-duality and qualified non-dualism. And the greatest example in the contemporary time was 
स्वामी परमहंसा सॉरी रामकृष्ण परमहंसा अ वेरी रिवेयर्ड मास्टर पीपल हु डोंट नो हिम आई विल इंकरेज यू ऑल टू रीड हिज लाइफ ही वॉज एन इलिटरेट सो टू से प्रीस्ट इन अ टेम्पल ऑफ मदर काली Vishishtadvaita is a very beautiful stage in which a devotee can experience oneness with the the beloved god and chooses to remain separate so that he can love and worship the master can you imagine the choice ramakrishna had the capacity sometimes he would sit in the altar himself and put flowers on himself when he would feel that oneness he would worship himself and another time he will jump forward and start worshiping the mother and keep calling her as a child every day he would feed her physically this duty this this range of a devotee to become a devotee and become god in the same parlance this was described as vishishta dvaita philosophy and i feel surrender is a very important element in that stage people who believe god but feel separated willingly because we want to romance with lord if i become one then there is no point of romance there is no question of love if you have to love you have to have two people and hence the devotee chooses to remain separated but then the romance takes him to become one with the master and this struggle of becoming one and then keeping it separate to love that is vishishta advaita and that is possible through surrender surrender is not a game of weaklings certainly for sure it is not only one who has the power can forgive imagine a weakling saying i'm sorry i forgive you that doesn't make any sense a powerful saying sorry means something so surrender is something which a really powerful devotee can say who has the strength but who has the joy of offering himself to that supreme consciousness so we have amazing examples starting from gautam buddha to ramakrishna paramahansa to lord hanuman there are many from the historical times to the present times those who have lived this concept of surrender so i don't see any thoughts or questions coming so i guess this is a little heavy topic i don't blame you so if you at least uh, do give me your feedback to understand that uh, did i make any sense some feedbacks are coming which is thank you beautifully explained thank you usha ji so if if you have any thoughts anything you want to share you are welcome and do share me some topics that uh, you would like uh, to discuss here and uh, i would be more than happy to you know share my thoughts on the various subjects so let's practice let's all enjoy this beautiful uh, journey of 
शरणागति आत्मसमर्पण कीपिंग इन माइंड वेरी वेल दैट सरेंडर इज नॉट समथिंग एक्सटर्नल सरेंडर इज समथिंग विच इज इंटरनल सरेंडर इज नॉट टू सम बड़ी इट इज सरेंडरिंग टू योर ओन सेल्फ लेट द ईगो मर्ज इन टू आई लेट द बॉडी मर्ज इन टू सेल्फ लेट द रिवर मर्ज इन टू ओशन लेट इट बी ट्रूली बुद्धम शरणम गच्छा सर्वधर्मान परित्यज सो इट इज ऑल मर्जिंग इन टू वन गीता सेज कैन यू रिव्यू एलॉबरेटिंग सराउंडिंग ऑफ एक्शन वर्सेज सराउंडिंग सरेंडरिंग रिजल्ट elaborate surrendering of action versus surrendering of results uh if i can say it in a simple sentence surrendering of results will be the first step and surrendering of action would happen naturally so when i say surrendering of action it doesn't mean that the heart stops beating but it beats whether i like it or not my existence itself proves that my heart is beating right so similarly the body that is why body is called karmakshetra it is a kshetra it is an action field so the moment body is born there is an action happening so action surrendering the action means the ownership of action is surrendered so surrendering of action is the ownership but before that surrendering of result must happen see in action there are three things one is an actor second is the object and third is the interest in the object so if you look at these three things let's take the two last one object is the result and the interest in the result is another one right so the third so when i say give up the result that is the interest so i am doing my action which i can't help it now whether that action will fructify or not that is not my concern so let it start there and then slowly slowly you will start seeing that the action which you are doing say for example i am a father or i am a mother then your duty as a mother or father will continue now initially that could be that hey i am i'm a being a parent my child should be like this my child should be behave in this manner i should have this kind of a character in my child but it may not work out so that at least cut the result but that doesn't mean that we should stop behaving like parents i can't help it but continue to be parent so that is result cutting then is action is even the feeling of doership that today i am loving my child but tomorrow loving the child should become my nature that means i should not love him just because he is born of me i should love the child because he is a child and that is my nature to love so when that mother becomes a mother for really mother for all then you have surrendered the action also now the action is not limited to the role the action has become part of the expression of your being 
so i do not love you because i like you or you are my relation or my somebody but i love you because loving is my nature i can't help it you know a sun does not shine because he likes you <laughs> it shines because that is his nature a flower does not give you perfume because it has it has got some affinity for you so it will give perfume to anybody who goes closer to him so that is surrendering the action because now my action is not bound by any conditions so that will be the final stage so you can take it that way also is surrender different from vishishta dvaita i i won't combine these two concept but what i felt was that vishishta dvaitam is a state of being for which surrender is a very important ingredient without surrender you cannot expect as i said surrender is a foundation of devotion bhakti the basis of bhakti is samarpana so if atma samarpana is not there if surrender that atma samarpana is not there bhakti will not fructify you won't expand in your bhakti unless you have that surrender so vishishta dvaitam is a is a state of being of a devotee and that has got a natural requirement of surrender so you believe you leave everything you know god is there even of your existence whether it is in whatever format it is his so vishishta dvaitam is not different from surrender surrender is kind of a prerequisite of vishishta dvaita i may i may agree i may say that thank you aunt geeta <clears throat> so i'm just trying to read if there is anything more from anybody okay so i have got only 1 minute more for my 1 hour so if you have any other question any other thought you are welcome to mention i hope this was uh, helpful for people and uh, you know because it's uh, easy to practice from that angle if you look at it the six steps to sharanagati and that would also help okay the, uh, rajesh says it's dharma well i, I don't want to combine rajesh these two just as i said you know lord krishna said at the end sarv dharman parityajya so basically surrender is not dharma surrender is surrender <laughs> yes you got to you got to really take it up from a different perspective so surrender will teach us how to do dharma surrender will help you to go above dharma that is the beauty of it that six steps sunil what we discussed uh, six step to surrender i think that is a very beautiful practical approach the first is avoid all the negativity anything which distracts you from focusing on yourself focusing on god is negative anything which 
helps you to think of God is positive. Make it simple in life. So don't put terminology that this is bad, this is right. Anything which distracts you from thinking of God, thinking of self, being with you, that is negative. Anything which helps you, that becomes positive, period. So first step of surrender, as they say in the six stages, if you look at Sunil, the slides, that would explain that uh, first step is that only, to look at invite positive thoughts and reject negativity. Then you carry on with that six steps. So you all can look at the slides. This video will be available on the channel. Feel free to share. Please comment on the YouTube. I think somebody told me it helps. So please comment on it because that way it will uh, give me the idea as to, you know, you're watching and you're liking it. And if there is anything <clears throat> more, if you like to hear, feel free to mention. Lovely surrender will help us to go about dharma. Certainly, that is the intent of surrender. Is mergence. Dharma is still obligation obligatory. When you move above obligations, then is the real purpose of the life. So yes, you are right, Ashna. Surrender is the means to go beyond action, beyond dharmic action, even. So one day we have to leave even the dilemma of good and bad, dharma and adharma, and that is the beauty of surrender. So thank you once again, all of you. I really appreciate uh, for your participation and your inputs, and I look forward to hearing from you. Feel free to uh, write your comments on YouTube chat and uh, give me feedbacks. Thank you very much. Namaste.